Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle and thank you for joining us at www.sonic-cinema.com. Uh, this, this podcast, I'm uh, going to be discussing a short film, The House on Oak Street, with a friend of mine who actually suggested it for me, uh, Marv Dickey. And uh, it's a really fun discussion. We talk about the film, we talk about what we like and what we didn't like about the film, and we d discuss uh, film criticism in general. So I hope you enjoy. Thank you very much for joining us to the Sonic Cinema Podcast, and I'm pleased to uh, bring a, a friend and fellow uh, geek on uh, to discuss a <laughs> uh, short film that he actually suggested to me called The House on Oak Street, and uh, decide and they want to uh talk about it today and uh we're probably going to discuss that as well as uh just sort of things about the horror genre in general uh so please uh please welcome uh marv dickey to uh the podcast good to see you good to hear you hi, hi thank thank you brian i'm uh i'm the horror geek here and i love <laughs> horror so uh, this will fit right in for me yeah, I mean, I, I've, I mean, we, we've talked plenty over uh, Facebook over the years, and it's like I'm, I'm somebody who, my, my horror fandom is definitely not rival of uh, yours, but it is definitely, I, I've definitely come to appreciate the genre a lot more over the past uh, ten to fifteen years than I did, and uh, I always, I always enjoy watching a. Uh, watching a good horror movie and that brings something to the genre or at least brings a sense of atmosphere. And that's, that's one of the things that I really liked about the uh, short film that you brought to my attention, the house on Oak street. Um, so thank you for bringing it to my attention. And it was, it was definitely an entertaining uh, short film to watch. It's only 18 minutes. Uh, it is linked onto the uh, review on Sonic Cinema of, Anybody listening wants to uh, check it out, and uh, as well as my thoughts for the movie, and uh, we'll go ahead and get uh, started talking talking about that before we uh, talk about uh, some things in general. So I I really I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it had a really good sense of atmosphere. I thought it had a really good sense of uh, style and tone, which I think is important for horror movies. Uh, nowadays, and is something that I really admire about a lot of horror films. And uh, I, I let's let's go ahead and get started on uh, what your thoughts on the uh, film are, sort of where you're coming from from the film. Okay, well, um, it was first brought to my attention due to a friend on Facebook who was friends with the, I believe it was the parents of the the chubby child. The, the one in the jester costume in the film. Mm -hmm. uh, and everybody was praising how great of a job they did, how great of a short film it was. And I was all like, you know, I'm always up for some horror, and I love horror short films, and I love, I love all kinds of films. You know, there's nothing I won't watch unless it's obviously garbage and I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. And I uh, just, <laughs> every day is precious, Brian, every day is precious. And, uh, but yeah, I'll watch anything, and I really enjoy I really enjoy horror shorts because it's it's no budget filmmaking for the most part, and I support artists. I you know my girlfriend's an artist. I absolutely support artists, and, and sometimes you can make 
you can make magic out of nothing. And uh, and I support I support that whole community. And I myself have, have made have made a couple, you know, short short films. And you know, I can I can see I, I see I've seen both sides of it, the, the critic view and the making of mm-hmm. side of, of it, as you have too. Yeah, you've made a couple. Of and uh, so I, I thought I'd give it a watch. And I don't know if it was them building it up. Like, because, you know, everybody, the grandmothers, you know, the aunts, the uncles, the parents commenting about how great a job they, they did. You know, they're, they're a little bit biased. Let's be honest. They're yeah. biased. And, yeah. and I thought it was cool because it was filmed in one town over from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in New Buffalo, Michigan. This was filmed in Three Oaks, Three Oaks Michigan, a.k.a. River Valley, which is the school system. Mm-hmm. And uh, the house that they filmed in was actually, it's actually right across the street from the high school. So they did a really good job hiding that it was kind of an old house in the woods. Yeah. Kind of, kind of uh, atmosphere. And that's what I really enjoyed about the, one of the things I enjoyed about the film was that it was, it was Halloween appropriate. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the setting, the, the scenery, the leaves. Like we start off with, you know, just with leaves blowing and, and I really like that. I, I, I've seen quite a few short films where it's supposed to be Halloween time, but it's, it's obviously springtime <laughs> or even maybe summer. And I'm, I'm a little bit harsh when it comes to that because you know me. Mm-hmm. You've, seen, you've seen for many Halloweens, starting at the beginning of October until, until I'm all sad and depressed that first week in November. <laughs> uh, I live for Halloween. I absolutely do. And when you get it wrong, I'm going to hit you hard with some criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did good. They, they definitely built that, that atmosphere. So uh, a little side note, a little fun fact about Three Oaks, Michigan. Uh, a couple of movies that they're filmed there. I believe one was called Suspended Animation. Suspended Animation. I'm getting tripping over my tongue. I'm not 100% positive it was filmed there, but I was told it was. I don't have any proof. But I do know that the, the classic that airs every year on Fox Family, ABC Family, What's it called now? Freeform? I think it's called Freeform now. It's just the same stuff, but they play it constantly. Prancer, the 1989 Mm -hmm. film Prancer, is what I'm getting to. That was filmed in Three Oaks. Okay. If you want to see downtown Three Oaks, it hasn't changed much much since the movie. It's Mm -hmm. kind of a town that time forgot. Uh, When Prancer, the the classic Prancer, falls in the middle of the street at the beginning of the movie Prancer, you can see a good shot at downtown Three Oaks. Okay. And there you have it. Still like that today. All right. So a little fun fact for your listeners if they're if they're curious. And the house is right across from like I said, River Valley High School. And uh, and if they wanted to check out what the house looked like, we I looked it up. Uh, my girlfriend and I looked it up on uh, Google Maps about mm-hmm. an hour ago to to, uh, to double check, make sure it is that house that was across the street from the high school. Yeah. And uh, get a good look at it from the street and see how different it is how they. How they framed it right to make it seem like it was the old houses. Yeah, no, and that's that's actually very that's very interesting to uh, to to know that that that's right across from a high school because yeah, I never would have uh, I never would have suspected based uh, solely on the film that uh, that anything else was by that house. So no, they did definitely do a very good job of uh, hiding that and. Uh, really, really not making that obvious that it's like, oh, this is 
you know, we, we did the best we could as far as like making this isolated, but no, they did do a really good job of, I never would have suspected that uh, without you uh, saying it. I mean, that's one of the things that I was interested about the movie when you uh, suggested it to me because of the fact that um, that that is it is interesting to hear uh, to to know and to learn some of the uh, personal uh, some personal connections to a film if somebody suggests it. Um, you know, I mean, one of the one of the things that it's you know living in Georgia now. I mean, they they film so much in Georgia now. I mean, it's not just big films too; it's a lot of independent films. And we have a tendency at our theater to show a lot of smaller films, and it's you and a lot of them can be films that were done around this this place. Like we've got this; it, it's a faith based movie, and it's like you know, it's basically everything that that comes with, but was filmed in Woodstock, which is like a few miles up the road from where we are, and so it's like. It's it's a racing movie and in one of the tracks there is Dixie Speedway, which is basically a dirt track. And it's like chances are if if you are around from this area, you know what Dixie Speedway is. Even if you haven't been there, which I've been there, you know what it is. And so it's like it's it's exciting for people to find out to to have that type of personal connection to the movie. So it's like um so I mean that's one of the things that that's one of the things that interested me about this when uh, you you suggested it and it's good to it's it's it was good that's one of the reasons I was kind of excited to talk to you about was because of the fact that it's like the the personal uh, details that you might be able to bring to discussing the film. Yeah, it's an odd sense of pride in in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like yeah. Prancer, it's, it's meant for, it's a holiday, good-feeling type movie that doesn't really appeal to me unless it's Christmas time. Uh, then I might feel in the mood to, to, to watch some Prancer and check out, be like, oh, she's going down the hill, and, and oh, she's in, oh, now she's in New Carolina. Like, yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> but, uh, but you know the place. And it, it is a weird sense of pride. It's like, that movie may not be that great. It doesn't appeal to me, but, but hey, it, it came from near my hometown. Yeah. No. It's also I mean, like uh, this, like like local, uh, almost lore. Like mm-hmm. the town isn't completely, but it's it's famous for some. Yeah. Also, as a side note uh, about the like the very beginning, do you remember the the main character when he said he'll bicycle home, mm-hmm. and he comes out of a little convenience store? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I even though I went to New Buffalo High School, I took an auto class that was offered at River Valley High School. So I would ride with my friend, uh, Mark, in his car uh, back in high school. Back way back in the 90s uh, in high school. And we would go to that, that same convenience store, the little corner store, and buy our Mountain Dews or, or you know, Pepsis or whatever before class. So we have something to drink during the three-hour class for auto. So it's kind of fun seeing that in there, too. Yeah. Uh, and then the kid bicycles. Uh, he, he leaves the convenience store, and he's magically... Five miles away, downtown Toledo, <laughs> and then he then he cycles back around because that the house is like about a half mile away from that convenience store. Yeah, but you know it's 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 good for the shot. The shot it was a good thing. I thought the shots were cool. It's just trying to piece together his route home, the route home 
Mm-hmm. It's like, this is ridiculous. The physics don't work here, man. Why is he going out there? Yeah. So that's just the, the stuff. But people who know the area, it, that's, you know, I'm sure movies that are filmed in Georgia or whatever, like, like Houston, you can be like, look, I know where that's at. But in the following scene, they're like 10 miles away. And then, okay, now they're back near where they were. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm sure they're going to come across stuff like that. <laughs> Well, and, and many, many listeners probably can relate to that too. Right. No, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, let's you know, let let's with with some of that out of the way, let's uh, let's discuss the film itself. Like I said, I thought it was really good. I mean, you you mentioned that you know, sort of the grandparents and all were, and everybody you know who knew somebody who was in the film was very proud of them. Thought they did a great job, and it's like. Yeah, obviously they're biased. I mean, overall, I thought the performances were all right. I didn't think, I didn't think there were any particular performances that stood out that were like, oh, that's that's such a good performance. It for me, that film was so much more about the was so much more about the atmosphere and just capturing this sense of unease that you get uh-huh. with a good haunted house story. And I felt right. like that's first and foremost what this was. And right. you know, from from the way the music is, the cinematography, the way they framed the uh, the house, which remind me, as I mentioned, my review of the Bates House and Psycho. Um, just the way they the way they set everything else up uh, for that sense of unease, that sense of well what's going to happen here and what are what are these kids going to find when they go into the house right um i i i agree with you completely with the no no performance actually stood out uh well what really stood out to me was uh i hate to go negative right off the bat and maybe we should sum up the sum up the film before we we get get into it deep it's it's basically a four kids that go trick or treating at the 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 evil house on the hill, kind of, you know, the, the, the town's, the dark house, you know, the, you know, basic kids story where they're afraid to go, you know, trick or treat that house, kind of house, mm-hmm. and they they go inside, they go inside and they discover oddities in the form of a child and it appears to be an adult called the master and whether or not they can escape, and then there's there's teens that are in it for. Sorry, but no real reason. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get that out there. The, the teens, the, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, uh, their parts added nothing to the film other than filler. Yeah. There was, it, it, they added minutes to the movie, well, the, the short film. It really, it, it, to me, I felt like you take those guys out, take the girl and the boy out, and you still have what, what you have. Yeah. Just a shorter version. No, I'm not complaining about the performances. I'm not complaining about that. I'm not complaining about the dialogue. I it was it, it just I don't feel like they they needed to be in the film at all. No, that's absolutely uh, that's absolutely true. And it's like, I mean, the only the only real connection that you can say those characters have is the uh, the boyfriend is supposed to be uh, Brand's brother. But yeah, the fact of the matter is, it's like yeah, you're right. Other than that, there's like no reason for them to be in it at all. And 
other than maybe at the very end when you know you see the boyfriend girlfriend go into the house after they come across the kids bikes and then you have the uh you're with the kids who find uh was was the uh was the deformed kid's name i can't remember um mort yeah uh they're with him and then you hear this you hear screaming or i don't are they with him by at that time but basically they hear screaming in the distance and they're not they're not sure you know and so that sort of piques their interest and that's before the uh master comes up to uh potentially uh potentially kill them as well for uh for coming in. But yeah, other than that, there's no reason for those characters to be in. Yeah, it's basically the exact same movie. So Yeah, there besides the very beginning where the brother wants to pick up the kid to, to pick up Bran and he decides to ride his bike home, that's the only time that their paths cross. Yeah. And the only example would be is, you know, spoilers, is the master killed him. Mm-hmm. We we saw what the master was capable of. Yeah. That's but that until after the credit or during the credit scene, you know, it, it wasn't like we were exposed to that before the children felt in dire need of escape. Yeah. So I felt, yeah, not not to to really rag on the actors themselves, but you didn't need to be in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, and and the thing is, it's like that's from a that that's a problem from a uh, writing and a storytelling standpoint. It's not. It's not is not anything to take away from anything from the actors. It's just, you know, it was a storytelling it's a story it's an issue with the storytelling and it's not an issue with the performances at all. Um Right. And yeah, I mean, oh overall, uh I you know, I, I felt like the I, I sort of felt like the ending of the movie was a bit anticlimactic. I I felt yes. like it it just it built up a lot and then just sort of petered out and you didn't really get into it feels like there should be a little bit more or the ending should have been a little bit different. I mean you don't necessarily want the master to kill the kids. You want and it is a short film, so it's like obviously you you have a certain amount of constraint of time, but at the same time, you can make a short film. Is it? There's a difference between adding another minute or two of action to a short film compared to like a ninety minute film or a two hour film. You know, there, there's a big difference between those two. Absolutely, and you know, even it, it just go further on the final scene. To me, the final scene was it was a rush. The, the intensity of it was rushed, which which made it feel lackluster and nearly laughable it, to me. Like his um, or uh, the masters chasing the the four kids that helped more escape from chains mm-hmm. to kind of hop through, hop around in the story. And Mort wants them to get out safely. They don't want the master. Excuse me. Mort doesn't want the master to, to kill him. And Mort is apparently the star of a, a sideshow of some sort. Yeah. And uh, and the master seems to be the one that's like collecting the money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I feel more, the acting was, was awful. 
I would have yelled cut. And I hope this, I, I really hope that he could have done a better, a better take. But I feel like, I feel, uh, I don't want to try and jump around, but all those kids look tired. Yeah. They, they really did. They look absolutely tired. And I'm not going to be just negative on this film. I mm-hmm. feel like if the listeners are like, this dude just tearing it apart. No, I, I, I got a lot of things, a lot of positive things to say about this, but the kids look absolutely tired. And they were. Apparently, I asked, her, I asked uh, my buddy who originally posted, uh, his name was Luke, uh, he originally posted the, the short film. And uh, I asked him, he goes, apparently they, they were up to like 1, 2 in the morning oh, you know, wow. doing this. And they had only a few, yeah, they only had like a few days to do this. Yeah. So I can understand the lack of, uh, you can't do 20 takes. And, and if you got to do it 20 times, there, there's something wrong with the, the, the scene or the lighting or even the action. Um, yeah. Especially short film. Uh, but, you know, being up that late, you know, doing the, doing the setups and, you know, all that, I can understand being tired. But also, you also got to think about the product you're going to put it out. Yeah. The product's going to last for, for as long as, you know, a copy exists and people are able to watch it versus... You know, we instead of getting it done. No, absolutely. And, and I feel like absolutely rushed. And speaking of rush, the dialogue in here I am hopping around to the story again. Just go watch <laughs> it, if the listeners. Go watch it and then come back and listen. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> you could uh, the kids. The first dialogue where we meet the kids, where they do the rock paper scissors, and they want to go. They want to go trick or treating. Yeah, that scene. That dialogue is so rushed; they're almost stepping on each other's words, mm-hmm. and it it irritated me. It really did. <laughs> like I've I've watched I've watched the short film four times. I, I watched it myself, and I shared it with my girlfriend. I watched it again when I was supposed to take notes. I didn't take notes, then I watched it again and took notes. Yeah, but yeah, every watch it that scene irritates me. I'm like, we need beats here, man. We we really need some some spacing in between these lines. Just take a deep breath, relax, and just say the words. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like he only wanted to do like the, the maximum of like three takes. Mm-hmm. And these kids being tired is just spitting these words out as fast as possible. And and I feel that hurt the film, to be honest. Yeah. But that could be just. But I'm sure there's more out there like me that don't like a rushed scene. Hmm. Well, and the thing is, it's like, and and the fact is, it's like, yeah, that, especially if you're dealing with non-professional actors, which I'm guessing most of those kids are, if not all of them. I mean, yeah, that, I believe they're here. Yeah. I mean, that that's obviously going to have an effect on the performance as well. And I... Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, basically getting exhausted after a long day of shooting, which I would be too if I shot shot until like one, two o'clock in the morning under those conditions. And yeah, the fact that you're dealing with non-professional actors, it's 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 going to be a big difference. And it's like you really have to you have to be patient, but also be able to. Try still try to get the best performance that you can get out of uh, people, and uh, that's and especially when you're dealing with uh, people who don't act on professionally, that's that's definitely going to have an effect. Right, and and it's okay, you know. I understand these kids probably did school plays, 
they've done, you know, like spring concerts and stuff. So they've had stage time. Yeah. This may be the first, all of them, maybe, you know, have been in front of a camera. So that might have had a little bit of a nervous effect. You're tired, you're nervous. He only wants, a, you know, maybe the director only wants a few shots for each angle so he can get the coverage done. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the blonde-haired girl, like, she was ready to, to like, lay down and go take a nap. <laughs> and every scene on her in. And, and I felt sorry for him, but I know they also had probably had the time. Yeah. They probably had a better time when the camera wasn't rolling mm-hmm. than when they did when the camera, it, it, you know, was rolling. Yeah. But, you know, that, that just goes to, you know, and I'm sure the people who own the house probably only gave them, like, that weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. And so again, it's it's also if you're here in Michigan, if you start filming in beginning of October, you better be done by mid October because late October it is going to look like a whole new season. Mm-hmm. It's it is it's about twenty thirty degrees cooler cooler on Halloween than it is on October first. Yeah, and I you know it, in, in, it's like I said, it's no budget filming. Yeah, you, you do what you can, what you got. And in the amount of time that you had, exactly, and and they did a great job. They they did for what they what they presented. They did it. It's full of flaws, of course, but it's a good it's a good little short film. It's a lot better than some of the ones I've seen for sure. And it's because of two things. Uh, for me, filmmaking or films and movies are an audio visual experience, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you agree. Absolutely, <laughs> if you get. If you get a great, if you got a good camera, but you have bad sound, that's gonna that's gonna affect the film. You're not gonna get your story across. You're not gonna get your point across. Your morality tale, whatever you're telling, is not gonna come across like something that has great audio and great visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one has a little bit of both. It, it has good sound. Everything, all the dialogue, if most, if not all, you could tell was a uh, little ADR, you know, uh, additional dialogue recording. Yeah. Is post post production audio. You know they did their dialogue over their film. Yeah. Um, like the music was. I thought the music was was spot on. Oh, I, I, I yeah, I love the music. I thought it was really it was really effective and it went really well with the visuals as far as saying the mood, which I thought was the most important thing that that film ultimately did as far as drawing me into the experience. So yeah. I mean, that's but I do have a couple. Go ahead, sorry. No, and and that's that's I was gonna say it's like that's sort of why I can look over, look past the fact that the performances are all right, but they're not great. You know, the story kind of peters out. You know, it's like I'm I'm somebody who I went especially when it comes to horror, especially when it comes to that type of suspense story. It's like I'm more interested in mood and atmosphere and how that is maintained more than I am whether a story makes sense, whether a story, you know, reaches I mean, the ending does bother me. The fact that it sort of peters out, the fact that it sort of is anticlimactic, that that doesn't necessarily help, but it it's not a complete hindrance the way it would be for a different movie. And because of the fact that the film does such a good job from a from an atmosphere standpoint, it's like I can overlook a lot of those issues. Yeah, um, getting back to sound though, um, there was some sound that was 
used later in the film that wasn't used in the beginning. And the, the, my perfect example is when they first go into the home, they're walking all over these, it's what appears to be an old floorboard. There was not one single ambient house, uh, like creeks, cracks, yeah. you know, thrones. There was no ambient sounds. Even their footsteps, like going up the stairs, there was no footsteps. <laughs> there was no, there was no um, foley work, so to speak, yeah. on this. There was no foot on the footsteps. But when they were come running back down the stairs, there were footsteps, and that irritated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I'm. I, I, it's yeah, it's a flaw, and you can I can look over it. But when I when I watch something, and I'm like, something is off. Yeah, something is is def- off about this. I'm like, they're in this old creepy house, but it doesn't sound like an open like anything, mm-hmm. but like a new carpeted apartment. Yeah, you know where where all the sound is muted, nothing you can't hear anything. Also, uh, with the sound, my my last critique on sound would be distance, mm-hmm. distance in the audio. If a kid is in the back of the room and he's talking to his friends who are in the foreground of the of the shot, he's his voice should not sound like he's standing right next to them. Yeah, <laughs> and that that part that irritated me because it it sounded even when Mort was on the stairs and the kids were at the door trying to uh, open the locked door, it sounded like they were all standing right there together by the microphone. Yeah, and that that takes me out of the scene. That takes me out of the, the film. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like I said, if it's just me or because I have I've dealt with like audio troubles with making short films. Um, I don't know if if I've got you know I've seen that side, mm-hmm. and I and the the choice to to have like have that to me kind of it just irritates me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say I'm picky, and and I'll yeah. do that with like motion pictures too. Like if something's off, like like uh, like if I hear someone like. Like it's an ADR, like a voiceover, like like it was. You can tell it was added later. Like, oh, that sounds like a good thing. We'll say it when you're facing away from the camera. I'm yeah, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, 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 no, no, that, the joke doesn't even hold up for me because of it. It's different. No, maybe that's just. And it's kind of funny me talking about death when Brian, you're more aware than than the listeners are that I'm missing an eye and I have no death perception. <laughs> Well, and, and that's, yeah, and that's, and, uh, I mean, I think a lot of what you're talking about and it, it actually, I, that's something I didn't necessarily pick up on and it's like, makes me want to go back and watch it now to see if I pick up on that as well. It's like, I'm sure a lot of that had to do with the fact that it's a low budget film, the fact that the dialogue was ADR'd. So it's like everything basically is recorded as if it's coming straight from a mic. So it's like, if you're not necessarily thinking about the, if you're sort of not necessarily rushing it, but you're giving yourself a specific deadline to get done at, you're probably not necessarily thinking, okay, I need to mix this to where it's like, everybody doesn't sound like they're standing right next to one another, even though they're clearly not on stage on, on Right. on screen. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it had to do with that, but no, I mean, the fact oh, that, but no, the fact that better is it's like those type of things. And, and it goes for continuity errors. Either, also visual continuity errors as well. It's like, if you have, I mean, 
a lot of a lot of continuity errors. It's like you won't even necessarily you may notice them, but it's like they won't take you out of the movie. If it takes you out of the movie, it's going to take you out of the movie regardless. If if yeah. you notice it, especially if it's like something. Wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Why uh, why am I hearing their voice in they're they're in two different places in the uh shot. Why am I why am I hearing his vo- their voice as clearly as I'm hearing this voice? No, that that is something right. that's absolutely going to have an effect on the way you experience that movie. And it's like, yeah, it's it's easy to say, oh, well, it's a low budget film, it's a film that, you know, it it was probably done relatively quickly. I mean, even if it, not to say, that's not to say it was half-assed in any way, shape, or form. It's just to say that short films typically are done quickly. And, you know, you may not necessarily think of, oh, wait a minute, I need to mix this in a way that gives these characters the same sense of depth that they're showing on, I'm showing on camera, or I have to do Foley or get sound effects or in sound for this type of environment, I need to make sure I do that. And it's like, that makes me want to go back and watch the movie and see if I know those things. I mean, I'm of course I'm going to because of the fact that it's been pointed out to me now, but I'm, I'm curious if, now I'm curious if it will have the same effect on me watching it in that perspective, then it doesn't. I think part of the reason I didn't necessarily notice that is because the the I was so transfixed by the way the music was working and the way the music really helped propel the movie in a way that uh, good film scores can do. Right. It's, um, I, I, I agree. It's, uh, well, wow, I just lost my train of thought. There we go. I'm derailed. Ah, Brian, save me. <laughs> anyways, yeah, the sound, I like, I'll, I'll, it's positive. It's, it's, it's all positive. And this is just things, uh, I'll, I'll point out the, the director, Kyle Misak, M I S H. I don't know. I can't find out. I couldn't find out if he was a local boy or not because he's done, uh, he's 24, I believe. Uh, 24 years old, if not mm-hmm. 25. Yeah, uh, he's he's done two apparently stuff I've never heard of, but it's low budget stuff. He's done two feature films and like 11, or, <clears throat> excuse me, 11 or 12 uh, short films. And the kid is getting better as he goes along. Uh, but he also these are little things that he maybe he could. Even the listeners, if if they're looking for to do uh, short films. Take an extra 20 minutes to record yourself walking up some stairs, like do an audio report of yourself. If the, if the, the characters in the film are walking upstairs, try to walk at their pace up some stairs. Get a little, you know, get a little distance between you and the microphone and, and spend 20 minutes doing a, just a, a quick recording of that and mix it in. Yeah. Um, these are just, you know, the, everybody's, everybody can continue and get better and get better. And this kid, he's definitely got a future. Kyle Mithak, I think is how mm-hmm. you pronounce it. Uh, and I'll, I'll point out, uh, besides this film, he, uh, he released another short film in March called Crazy Carl, which stars Pretty Bratton from The Office. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Pretty Bratton? And he does a fantastic job. 
the dialogue has been slowed down. It's been paced. It's in a library. It's a, it's in this library. Uh, check it out if you want. Um, it's, I believe it's like 11 minutes long. Uh, it's, it's pretty good for, for what it is. And he's getting better. The, the filming is better. It's, the dialogue, like he's, he's already leaps and bounds from House on Oak Street, or as I affectionately called it, B&E on Halloween. It's one of those kids doing just fucking good at home. Them. They don't belong in there. Yeah. So yeah, being you know, it could be a great uh, additional title. Anyways, <laughs> um, look at it. He's, he's done, he did well, but he also was working at Creek Bratton. And Creek Bratton, he's, he's a professional. Yeah. He had, he's had years and years behind him. So sometimes, you know, and I've worked with uh, even a couple of people who have done acting before, nothing you know, huge, no celebrities or anything, but they, they were easier to work with and I let them, you know, pace out the team, you know, give me a take and then you can do a take. So that's how, that's how I used to work at, when I used to direct a bunch of shows and stuff. But, uh, and I could see that pre Bratton's professionalism had a big effect on, on Kyle Krasak. Just in that short film. So I'm sure he's learned, the kid's got a future. He's learning as he goes, but there's, you know, Back to back to you know House on Oak Street, uh, the, you know I I enjoyed it. I think I think it was good. Uh, other than those minor those minor things, that, that's the end of my negative. <laughs> I still got positives <laughs> coming, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and and one we of the drink. okay, and and one of the things. Sure. One of the things that I I love about short films, one of the reasons that I really have really started to embrace watching them and reviewing them uh, for Sonic Cinema is the fact that they're, for me, that is, that is like the ultimate learning ground. It's like that's where you're going to learn your craft if you're any type of artist. And it's like the the idea of you know, this, this is a place where you're experimenting. This is a place where you're learning what goes into the process of making a film and what you can do better, what, what need, what you've got, uh, that's working, what, and what you have that's not working. And so it's like the idea that, well, you know, his other, some of his other films are pretty good. That doesn't necessarily surprise me because it's like, I can at least tell from this movie that yeah, he's got talent. Yeah, he he understands a lot of what goes into the process of filmmaking and the process of storytelling. It's just a matter of bringing that together in in a different way, and you know, with and with the with professional professional actors as opposed to actors who haven't you know, who don't do it professionally, it's going to make a big difference. And that's one of the things that I've noticed in talking to, uh, talking to filmmakers, uh, just about their own work. And it's, it's definitely something that you, you, you get an appreciation for if you're, if, if you're able to, uh, watch short films, which is like, you can, there are so many places to watch short films now. And it's like, it's, it's, it's a shame that like you don't necessarily, it's a shame that Hollywood and 
even even the independent studios have sort of drowned out the ability to like and exhibitors have sort of drowned out the idea of like having short films in movie theaters. It's like that would be so fantastic. Now that doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna see something like House on Oak Street playing at your neighborhood movie theater, but at the same time, it's like having the being able to point people in the direction of like this is out here this is how you go look for it it's like that's one of the things that i love about watching short films is the fact that it's like it it feels even more so than any other experience i have watching movies as it it's i feel like i'm learning about something that I wouldn't have necessarily had the opportunity to learn about before, seeing filmmakers I wouldn't have necessarily seen before, either because of the fact that their films don't get distributed except for online, or they're short filmmakers, and they just haven't had that opportunity to make a feature yet. And so that's that's one of the things that's really excited me about watching short films over the years, and one of the things that really appreciate about the uh about the uh medium oh I, I couldn't agree more the uh like you said it was it's short films are learning experiences they're 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 play you're starting to mold the you know your own sculpture of who you are as an artist by each little class so to speak in each class of the film you learn about the oversights you learn about what you did right you learn about what you did wrong you know, I can't agree more with you there. Um, like, even Hollywood directors now, they direct commercials without credit. Mm-hmm. Like, I heard, um, I believe it was Rob Zombie on uh, one of like, Kevin Smith's uh, podcasts. Uh, sorry to plug him on your podcast. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> but he mentioned that he directs, he's direct a ton of commercials. Mm-hmm. All that is is more practice for him. You know, granted, it's a paycheck. I'm sure it's more of a paycheck at this point than it is... Uh, a learning experience, but he's, I'm sure he's still learning. I'm still, he's sure, I'm sure he's still picking up things from just, you know, who knows? It might've been, it might be a medic, a medication commercial, you know, mm-hmm. a new medic, a new wonder miracle pill coming out. Who knows? You see that old lady riding a bike or something in, in, in the sunset. Who knew Rob Zombie is the one that did that? You know, <laughs> I'm not saying I know which one she did, but for right. Right. And, 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 and like I said, to begin with, everybody as an artist, artists are always improving. If you're not improving, then why are you, you know, still doing, trying to do what you're trying to do? Yeah. If you're not learning. And this kid is obviously, Kyle uh, that, and he uses the same crew of mm-hmm. people. Uh, his, you know, his sound and his editors, they're the same, same people. So I'm wondering if he went to school with them, they're just not getting the credit because, you know, Directors are the, the lead singer of the band, so to speak. Not many, not many people know what the, the bass player, the drummer name names are, but you sure know who the lead singer is. And that's it's a shame sometimes because there are really gifted editors out there. There are really gifted sound technicians out there that are great at what they do. Just what they do isn't being a rock star in people's eyes, you know, like the public eyes. And, and I do enjoy short films a lot, and I have since, uh, I would say, the mid-90s when I first discovered short films that weren't Three Stooges and Looney Tunes mm-hmm. and Disney, you know, 
that I was like, whoa, there's this whole world out there. I got a hold of a VHS tape. I don't know what it was, but it was from uh, a festival of sorts. And it was like, it was, it was called Short Film Showcase, I believe, or uh, something similar, a title somewhere. And it had like seven short films on this, on this VHS tape. And, and I was like, wow, how can I get more? You know, I liked maybe two out of the seven, maybe three out. Of yeah. And the majority of them I four. And because there was a mix, it was, there was a genre mix. It was, there was like a comedy mixed with an animated one mixed with a horror. Like, I think there was two or three horror on there and then like a drama. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was just, it's not good for mood and stuff, but it's what was in the, the festival. Uh, well, anyway, see, I think, I think they're, especially we're living in the digital age, Blu-ray, physical copies of things, I don't think will ever die because look at vinyl, it's coming back. People buy vinyl all the time. Yeah. My girlfriend just bought it. That we went to the Kogi concert last week, Kogi and Cambria concert. She just got a, a new vinyl last week. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I think it's fantastic that these mediums are, they're getting new life as people are shining, the more pop culture is shining more away from physical media, yeah. so to speak. And I think digital media is perfect home. If Netflix had a short films category, I'd be all over that. Oh, yeah. If, you know, Amazon Prime or, you know, you name it, Hulu. You, mm-hmm. you absolutely name it. If they had independent short films, I would spend hours of my life that I can't get back <laughs> Yeah, watching and watching and consuming and consuming because that's, that's just who I am. And I, and I think this has a good place in Speaking of playing at local theaters, I believe this did get a, a run for a weekend, maybe, or maybe it might have been just one night only mm-hmm. at uh, the Three Oaks. There's, there's an art house theater in Three Oaks called The Vickers. Okay. I believe that they play. Um, it's a great theater. It's, it's very classy. It's beautiful, upscale. There's a balcony with tables and chairs. You know, it's, it's absolutely stunning little mm-hmm. place. Uh, I got to see Pan's Labyrinth there, and they had a, an short uh, animated short film showcase where it was like a five or six person orchestra mm-hmm. that was playing along with it. With it. It, was, it was, it was awesome. It's something you just can't experience anymore. Yeah. They don't even do that. Anymore. They did it for a few years or whatever, but you know, I thought it was fantastic. It's a great little theater. I'm sorry. I'm plugging all this stuff. All oh, that's, the podcast, that's, but, that's, that's all right. But yeah, if you're ever in three, go check out a movie there. They, they always have something, all the independent films that, You'll see at the Academy Awards, they'll they'll have a run through there through the year. Mm-hmm. They they almost always get them all. Yeah. And uh, and I don't get down there more to check check more things out, but you do what you can, and you don't do what you can. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad they they at least got to see it on the big screen, so to speak. These kids. Oh yeah. Their, their work, you know, the 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 effort, and and uh, I have it's more good than bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. It just, the stickler in me, I can't stop but be like, you know, picking things out. Well, and that's, that's one of the things. It's like, ultimately, it's like, I, you know, and it's like, you, you've, you've read, no doubt, read my reviews long enough to where it's like, you know that ultimately, I'm going to find, I'm going to try to find more, I'm going to look more for the positive in movie than I am in negative. And it's like, if I'm really negative on a film, it's like, there's a very specific reason for it. It's like, I don't necessarily, I don't feel like this film did enough. 
And it's like I will I will try to find the positive in pretty much every movie I see. And it's like I I it's much better for me and and certainly for the people that I review, especially people who are working in independent films, who are working on making their own movies and who take the opportunity to, you know, email me and say, Hey, I've got this movie. Would you be interested in reviewing it? And it's like, I'm, I'm going to look for the positive more than I am going to try to find the negative. But at the same time, that doesn't mean I'm going to shy away from the negative if I feel like it needs to be said. And I know that's one of the, that's one of the things that people are, I know for a fact that people are grateful for honest assessment. And it's like, just because of the fact that we're focusing on specific negatives, that doesn't necessarily mean we have a, had an overall negative effect. In, the film had no negative impact on us. It just means that this stood out for us. This was something that we felt was important to point out. And this is this is something that I feel like can be approved on. Not this is and you know, sometimes it drags down the overall impact on movie. Sometimes it doesn't. For me, a lot of times it doesn't. Sometimes it can, but ultimately it's like I know that if you're a filmmaker and you're looking for feedback, any they are looking for any feedback, so long as it is honest. So long as you're honest about your assessment, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. It's just that's how important feedback is to filmmakers. And it's like if if you if if you're honest about what you're doing and you're you're humble about how you're approaching your craft and how you look at your films, it's like you're going to be appreciative of whatever feedback you get. It doesn't matter so long as it's honest. And that's and right. that's that's ultimately, you know, yeah, we, we focus a lot on the negative about this film, but at the same time, it's like we're we are willing to say it's like there is some positive about this film. This is something that really there's something about this film that influenced us and impacted us for you a lot of it had to do with the fact that it's like it got the feeling of what it's like around halloween time right which you are absolutely right and it's like any holiday is difficult to get in that respect especially how halloween which is sort of in between and you have a very specific even even if you're not a huge Halloween lover like yourself, you still know, you still understand what that feels like. And it's like how, yeah. how, um, everything around you, whether, you know, the surroundings and what, what the weather is like at that point, you understand what that weather is like. And if you see something that gets that, that's going to have an impact on how you feel about a film. And yeah, I mean, that's, and for me, one of the big things that really resonated with me was the music in this film. I felt like the music was, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a spectacular, great piece of film music, but it was effective in what it was supposed to do. And that's the most important thing for film music. Sometimes the most simplest things are, are the most effective. 
Yeah. But to go back to like how I like you spoke on how you critique things. When I when I used to uh, do DVD uh, when I was a DVD critic for a couple of years, uh, I when I learned to critique things, I would critique. I would find the negative what what I felt was was wrong, and I would find the positive. And like you said, with the negative, I always I always say what they can improve on, why it was wrong, why I feel it was wrong. And and it's more, I want them to, to take my word and be like, learn from it. Like you said, take it and learn from it. Mm-hmm. I, I know there's a lot, of, a lot of people, like a lot of teenagers who want to review movies as soon as they're out, like day one, like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is out, so I got to go watch it, the early show, and then get home and make a review for YouTube. And, and they're like, sucks, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, why, why did it suck? Yeah. It just sucks. Well, tell me why. You know, mm-hmm. so a lot of a lot of the people on the internet. Not, I'm I'm gonna dog on them a little bit. You, you're not a, a, a. I'm not a real critic. I'm not gonna say I'm a real critic. You're a real critic because you got a site and, and you do a very good job. But <laughs> <laughs> I know the rules. I I have to. I have to. If I'm gonna present something in a negative light, I'm gonna have to explain myself why I felt it was negative. And that's what I tried to do here. You know, like. Like saying the the teams they don't matter towards the story. Like saying the the uh, like the foley work. Like no footsteps going up, but there's tons of footsteps coming down. That's it's, you can learn from it. It's just it was an oversight, I'm sure. So we move on. You know, learn, fix it on your next, or do a remastered like like Lucas. Yeah. And and put a, put a tauntaun in the foreground. Uh, don't do that, Disney will sue you. Cease and desist. Anyways, the, <laughs> but even with the positive. Even with the positive, I always like to hit it, uh, whenever I wrote a review, I always hit it with the negative first, and then I would do the positive less to soften the blow towards the end. You know, mm. instead of being like, this is good because of that, but this is bad because of this and that and that. I, I don't want to feel like I'm attacking the artist who presented this product to me, just like the, the house on Oak Street. And it irritated me a little with the, the grandmothers and the aunts and uncles saying, you know, oh, what a fantastic job. <laughs> it was great. It reminded it reminded me of uh, going to a high school, like a fifth grade end of school presentation by the students. Yeah, and, and they take a hundred photos that they're never going to look at again. Mm-hmm. They, they might take two and they put they put them as like I don't know profile pictures and on their Facebook or whatever. But uh, and they're just like, oh, it was such a great night. Can't believe it. They were fantastic. You see the kids? It's like, <laughs> yeah. But, you, you're coming from a weird standpoint, but if you critique it, then you're, they, I feel like, because I, I actually posted on, after watching it the first time, my honest feeling. Mm-hmm. It was, a, it's, it's above average, no budget, no thank you. And I was, I was almost nearly attacked in that thread because the, of the relatives of the kids felt like I was like putting down their, their babies. Yeah. You know, so, it, those people can't take can't take criticism <laughs> for sure, but it, it, criticism is it, 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 true criticism is leaves you with new uh, a new view on your your product, and I hope that's what we've kind of done here, positive or negative, or even middle of the road. You know, like the kids being sleepy, you know, they're rushing the dialogue. You, you can you can take that and you know, slow it down the next time or. Start a little earlier for the kids, 
Well, who was it that, uh, was it WCTO that famously said, don't work with children or animals? Yeah. Do you know that quote? Yeah, you I know, believe, I, I, I think it's, it's, no, I think Hitchcock had something similar. I think it was DeMille. Yeah. But yeah, I know. I feel this was a, <laughs> working with kids, kind of, kind of like, it's not that great of an experience. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that his next project was put only adults in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was coincidence or if, like, he was just kind of like, I did my thing with the kids and it wasn't that super. Yeah. Or maybe he had a, maybe he had a time in his life and he can't wait to do another one. Oh, know, yeah. I don't know. We have to talk. Well, the thing is, uh, it's it'd be like, interesting to know his thoughts. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely, it's, it's interesting because there have been some filmmakers over the years who are absolutely fantastic with kids. There are some filmmakers who they, they just couldn't stand kids whatsoever and it's like yeah i mean you you look at somebody with spielberg he 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 directs like kids better than pretty much anybody it's like now has he probably had some miserable experiences maybe you know but at the same time it's like you wouldn't know it because he he knows how to get the best out of them but yeah, yeah. i mean and and the fact that better is it's like each situation is different it's like if you're if you're dealing with you know, and then it, you look at somebody like Jake Lloyd and the Fan Menace, and it's like they're just not. It's just it's not a good performance, and it's like a, some of it has to do with the writing, some of it has to do with the directing, but also some of it has to do with the kid themselves who just right. they don't really work in that role. And yeah, compared to, to uh, say the kids of Super Eight. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I guess the kids in Super Eight were a little bit older than Jake Lloyd was, and uh, yeah, but not but much. They were probably better. Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger Things was probably a, a better, better comparison. I thought I thought the kid who played Michael in Stranger Things is is a fine actor. I, I really I hope he sticks with it, because mm-hmm. I think he uh, I think he's got a bright future as well ahead. Yeah. But Jake Lloyd, did, he you know he was he's got the acting skills of a pancake. <laughs> Yeah, and it didn't help that uh, he was directed by somebody who is much more interested in the visual aspects of uh, filmmaking than uh, the the performance in the intricacies of performance and uh, acting. That definitely doesn't help right. either. But get it um, on film, so we get the editing the CGI. Get it on film. <laughs> well, I mean, Phantom, 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 here, man. <laughs> Oh, this was this was definitely this was definitely a lot of fun. Um, I definitely I I want to thank uh, Marv for uh, joining us. This was really entertaining, and it's like it it was it was it was interesting. I didn't necessarily expect to get into a uh, discussion on the idea of critiquing films, but at the same point, it's like that's it's it's fascinating that that's where that's where it came that's where it went and. I mean, I suppose for like short films and especially something like low budget films and, you know, you and I both have that critical eye. And like you said, we both have been on both sides of, you know, filmmaking, both as a watcher and as somebody who's actually actually done it. So it's like, it's natural to sort of, I I guess it's probably natural to get into that, get into that vein of uh, discussing films and the idea of what 
what we look for when we're looking in at films from a critical standpoint and sort of how we look at critiquing films. So that was definitely it was definitely an entertaining uh, little excursion uh, for this uh, discussion on the House of Oaks. It organically morphed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it it, it definitely uh, it definitely uh, came came from a place you know based on where we where the discussion was uh, coming from. So thank you very much. It was I I love talking about. Thanks for having me, Brian. But one last final note on this short film: go watch it. It's worth a watch. It's it's definitely worth mm-hmm. a watch. It's nothing to pass on. If you got if you got nineteen minutes, I think it's eighteen and change, but. You got 19 minutes of your life, and you're looking for something on YouTube to watch. Uh, why don't you do a little search on the house on Oak Street? Don't look up uh, B and E on Halloween because that's that's going to be my next project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and... I, it'll look for it, look for it in 10 years or something. <laughs> and uh, like 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 I said, um, the House of Oak Street it is on YouTube, and I do have the link to the short film embedded in in the uh, link to from the uh, review on Sonic Cinema. So uh, we're going to do a quick, uh, you know, thank you very much for Tamar for giving me the, for bringing the film to my attention and uh, gave me to watch it. I'm really glad I did. It was an, it was an entertaining film. We obviously, both of us had our own uh, personal critiques about the film, but overall I'm very glad we, not only had the not only was I given the chance to watch it, but also we had the opportunity to uh talk about it together. Thank you for having me. It was it was fantastic. I, it made my night. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. It it's I'm I'm definitely enjoying having a lot of different people on these uh podcasts. And I actually uh you know, I, I got back into uh I went back into starting to watch uh, Twin Peaks this week because the new season came out and uh i'm talking to a friend of mine who's a big david lynch fan we're talking about doing a uh a uh, david lynch sort of retrospective uh podcast as well so it's like definitely having so many different people that i know and uh respect and uh enjoy talking films with uh yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited to have these opportunities to uh talk to people. So thank you very much for give, Yeah, thank you for giving I'm, me the film and uh giving me the opportunity to talk to you, you know over the phone, which we haven't really uh had too many opportunities to do. No, we haven't. But I, I would like to say this, I'm glad you're not doing a David Lynch retrospective with me. <laughs> because I am not a fan of work at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and it's funny. My friend who's doing the, uh, he he's actually doing a uh, con. He's a musician as well, and uh, he's he's doing a uh, concert inspired by David Lynch and doing a lot of music from uh, David Lynch's uh, film. So it's like that next week. So that's part of the. That that's that also is going to go into all of that. So it's like I'm looking forward to that, and you know I have filmmaker uh, about a month ago who I had discussion with on Scorsese, and had some different filmmakers I've talked to about their films, and just just all of these different uh, topics and uh, people 
people I'm bringing in for the uh, topics. It's been really entertaining. So thank you for being a part of that. Anytime, man. But now that you're talking about this Corsese with someone and Lynch with someone else, and then it's you know, a, a no-budget short film of me, am I like in the basement? Am I the guest you like <laughs> go down to the basement to record with and be like, show me something you've watched? <laughs> and then develop and then to the high society big filmmakers up, upstairs. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't look at that at all. I. I just. You know. It, it's. It's one of the things that's been great about this is having all of these different ideas of like, oh, hey, we could have this discussion. We could have this discussion, and it's like, this is a very different discussion than those filmmake than those discussions, and it's like, all of them. All of them for me have value, and it's like because of the fact that it's like we're all each conversation is different. And it's like, that's one of the things that's been so exciting about all of these is the fact that it's like, well, I'm not going to have the same conversation with you about this film as I'm going to have with somebody about Scorsese or David Lynch or their own work or all of that stuff. Or with the same type of discussion I'll have with uh, Ron about Star Wars, if that's, what we do and it's like it's it's very it's very exciting to uh, have all of these yeah it's it's eclectic and i i hope it's entertaining for people who decide to listen to this and it's like wow he's doing some really really entertaining things talking about films and talking about just different aspects of filming filmmaking and different types of filmmaking right Let's get out of here. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. So I thank feel you. like we're trying to go to an outro, and I kept I kept being rambling on about being a basement dweller. Oh please, you're you're nothing of this sort. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just having a little fun. <laughs> so thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much uh, to Marv Dickey for uh, helping out on the for on this uh, episode of the uh, Sonic Cinema podcast. Anytime. Thank you very much for Marv for uh, joining me tonight. This was definitely a lot of fun, and we have have something very uh, exciting down the uh, pike for you uh, next time. Uh, definitely looking forward to uh, sharing that with you guys and discussing it. Um, but thank you very much, Marv, for joining me, and I'm looking forward to our next uh, podcast together. And for now, thank you for joining us for the Sonic Cinema Podcast, and this is Brian Scuttle. Have a good night. Thank mm-hmm. you.